What's up, Videolanders? I'm your host, Brad McBoom, and with me tonight is... Nathan. Matt. Marshall. But before we get started, I want to remind everyone that you can find us on adventuresinvideoland.com or on our Facebook at Adventures in Videoland. We are critics with attitude, which means we are uncensored, so please proceed with caution. Also, spoiler alert, we're going to spoil the movies we're talking about tonight, so if you don't want them ruined, pause the episode and come back later. Nathan, we might have some new listeners tonight. How do the Golden Idols work? Well, Brad, the Golden Idols are our awards, basically. They're award categories. So we're going to break down each one of these movies like uh, best location, best character, best special achievement, those sorts of things. We'll go around the table. Uh, we're going to give each movie points based on those categories. And the, the film with the most points at the end is our Golden Idol winner. Right on. How long have I been wanting to do a French like crime movie you know, marathon? Oh, man, it, I, it's been years. I, I couldn't give you an exact date, but it's been multiple seasons multiple I've, seasons yeah. yeah at least four i think four it, to yeah, five was... years i've been wanting to to put something like this together yeah. so i settled on a french director jean pierre melville you got it <laughs> <laughs> and uh the reason for that is this guy is a gap in my movie knowledge uh so i wanted to see what melville was all about and i thought especially coming off of rotten halloween part four I thought this would be a good challenge. Was, sure. this, was this challenging coming off of Halloween Part It's War? a tonal <laughs> shift for sure. It's a, yeah. Talking about uh, rotten Halloween movies and now, you know, these prestigious, you know, French right. crime films. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, yeah, I wouldn't say it was challenging, but it's, yeah, definitely a tonal shift. For sure. Yeah. For sure. All right, Matt, can you give our listeners a quick breakdown on Jean-Pierre Melville? Who is this dude and why should we care? All right, so Jean-Pierre Melville was actually born Jean-Pierre Grumbach, but changed his last name during World War II in order to honor his favorite American author, Herman Melville, known as known for being the author of Moby Dick. He became an independent filmmaker after the war and became best known for his minimalist film noir. These include the films that we are discussing tonight, which are influenced by American gangster films of the 1930s and 1940s. In turn, the many filmmakers that he has influenced include John Woo, Takeshi Takano, Rainier Werner Fassbender, Martin Scorsese, Michael Mann, Walter Hill, and Quentin Tarantino. Wow. And Stanley Kubrick even said he stopped making crime movies or even attempting them because Bob the Gambler... Was so fucking was good. Was just so right. good. Yeah, to Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> so, all right. all right, Nathan, speak French to us. What <laughs> movies did we watch, and how do they stack up against each other? All right, I'm gonna do my best on this one, man. <laughs> uh, okay, first up is Bob Le Flambeur, 1956. That's Bob the Gambler. Okay, okay 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, 7.6 on IMDb. Uh, next up was uh, Le Deuxième Souffle, 1966, 100%. On Rotten Tomatoes, 7.9 on IMDb. What uh, does that one mean? Oh, I'm sorry. The second breath. Second breath. And I mean, I'm second gonna be, wind? And second I'm going to be breath. saying second breath. Just, okay, yeah. We'll go with second we'll breath. Go with that. Yeah. yeah, just so we're all on the same page. After I'm done with these, we're all speaking English. Okay? <laughs> from here on out, it's all English. Uh, number three is uh, Le Samurai, 1967. Also 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. 8.0 on IMDb. And then finally... Uh, Le Cercle Rouge, that's the Red Circle, 1990, 19, 1970. Wow, that was harder than Le Cercle Rouge. Uh, 19, or I'm sorry, 95% of Rotten Tomatoes, Our Low. What a shit movie. Oh, okay. And then 7.9 on IMDb. So pretty, I mean, 95 to 100 is the spread. So pretty, 
pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good movies. All right, so let's just get into it. Nathan, start us off. Best location goes to... Well, this is embarrassing. So I'm going to reach for this gold, this this fucking chicken here. Okay, so I know... I get it, though. Okay, mm-hmm. the, first of all, let me let me conk the chicken, okay? What is now, a rubber chicken? Okay, a rubber chicken is basically... Uh, and it's it can be it's a negative. It's not it's not it's not it's the uh, it's the opposite of a golden idol. Basically, um, I you can say hey nobody gets a point in this particular case. I'm going to give a negative point, okay. and I'm going to give it specifically to um, Santi's nightclub in Le Cirque La Rouge. Okay, and it's just be- okay. There are the same. It's the same nightclub in like almost all. Four, I, I think it, I, three <laughs> of the movies for sure. It might be in all four of them, and it's yeah. just it's just. The same nightclub, and it's just a, a big open room with a platform in the middle with a bunch of girls wearing all the same thing, dancing all in unison. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be real. I watch these movies in order, right? So in chronological okay. order. So by the time I got to Le Cirque La Rouge, I was like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> it's been 15 years of filmmaking, and he's still using this same fucking location. <laughs> it's not, And it's not... And it was also, I think, the least interesting time that he used it. I think the... Mm-hmm. the when I'm, and I'm basing that just on what the, the girls were not super interesting, uh-huh. the dancers, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, it, by by that time in the marathon, I was checked out of this yeah. fucking nightclub, dude. I, I, I understand. So yeah. I didn't go rubber chicken, but I think this is the weakest category. Yeah. You know, like the prison break yeah. in Second Breath looked like card, cardboard walls. I didn't get the prison oh, yeah. vibe. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and then Bob the Gambler, the casino... Like they're doing all this uh, this yep. exterior work, and mm-hmm. you're like, man, I can't wait to get inside and see the interior and you, see them pull off the heist. But then it's just like a, a giant hotel room with yep. like a card table. He's just yeah. in a room with a card, and yeah. Yeah, you're building up the whole yeah. movie to this high. And I think, by the way, Bob the Gam- Bob the Gambler has probably the best locations, and that's all it is. Is mm-hmm. he just goes to this club and he's like, just playing fucking craps or yeah. whatever the fuck yeah. it is, and then mm-hmm. and there's you go in and it's like. It's not a wide shot, so you no. just—it's just like I feel us like I sitting could, at a table. I felt yeah. like I could go down the road to any convention center, yeah. and put like a card table, oh yeah, and yeah. and film this. Right, you got <laughs> you a know? card table right here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just film yeah. this in black and just white. Just film in black good. and white. Yeah, You're good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. That's no, how I, I feel. I understand. About it. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> okay. All right. So I actually did go with that location, um, but I went with Second Breath. The, that went with the nightclub. Yeah, no. <laughs> the nightclub. Uh, second Breath. No. I went with the cliff overlooking the highway, especially the clouds yeah. over the mountains. They used to look, look so ethereal, so beautiful. Uh, the grand heights, the, the wide and long vistas are imposing and impressive. And the cliff height is especially imposing when we see the van tumbling all the way down it. Uh, it's, it's just a very lo- cool location for a heist. They use it really well during the heist with the van coming up, the motorcycles, uh, the rearrangement of the cars. So it's just a really cool location. So let's get my idol. Cool. Yeah, that was a really cool location. I do lean closer to, to Nathan on this, that, that there weren't a lot that really stood out that you're like, man, this is badass. This is This is a cool place to... To hang out, so I kind of copped out a little bit, I guess. But I went just with Montmartre in Bob the Gambler, just the the city that okay. has the casino. There were a lot of wide like shots of him moving through it. it got the, re- starts off with the trolley. Starts off with yeah. the trolley. There's some wide shots of a fountain, and he's you know walking, and it's referenced in the in the story too. People talking about being in Montmartre and mm-hmm. coming there, and so so it's kind of like. You know, it just feels like there's an essence of the city in that movie more than some of these other movies that are just kind of in a woods or in a building or you know, yeah. like none of them had any real uh, 
yeah, nothing stood out. Yeah. Nothing stood out. Um, so, like I said, I like kind of the overall establishing establishing shots of that Bob moving throughout the city, referencing the city. So it was not easy to pick one, uh, but I didn't want to do a rubber chicken there. So I. If I were going to pick one, Marshall, I would have agreed with you. If I, if I were going to yeah. pick one, and I and it was mostly because of the first two or three minutes of Bob the Gambler, where he, he's just he's narrating, mm-hmm. uh, he's talking about it. You see the trolley going down the hill as he's mm-hmm. saying it's like heaven and hell, yeah. and yeah. then it's descending, and then the, have like the a music look to it, yeah, of the morning or and the, something. The yeah. music descends mm-hmm. with it, and I thought like, oh, I'm gonna mm-hmm. like this. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then it didn't do anything yeah. with. It. But I agree yeah. with you. Yeah, but but within Montmartre, you get into the casino, yeah. and it's there's nothing special to the casino. It's just a crap table yeah, in a I room. Agree. So that's a letdown, but. I figured if, you know, the best overall location I could go with was one that was really heavily referenced and kind of seemed to mean something to mm-hmm. the characters in the film. So, All right. So so I'm going with a very blink-and-you-miss-it location. I'm going with Bob the Gambler, and I'm going with, I think it's a junkyard. Mm-hmm. Not for sure, but they have the ground outlined in white paint, mapping out the casino. They're walking through the casino, mm-hmm. uh, planning out the heist. Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think it's a junkyard. I can't tell it's black yeah, and white, kind you know, of. Mm-hmm. but, uh, and it's all close shots, uh, yeah. but you see some junk cars yeah. in the back and I'm a sucker for that stuff, man. I love people just mapping out their shit. And I thought it was an effective way to, to show the layout of the casino, even though the casino layout <laughs> doesn't matter, uh, which we'll yeah. talk about yeah. later, <laughs> all that planning for fucking nothing. Uh, well, some yes. cinematic blue balls <laughs> at the end of uh, Bob the Gambler, but I really like how they mapped out the ground, painted it, you know, uh, white outlines, and walked through the casino and talked about how they were going to pull off the mm-hmm. heist. True, so yeah. I'm going with Bob the Gambler, and I, for runner up, I'd probably go with uh, Jeff Costello's apartment, just because yeah. it kind of reminded yeah. me of a dojo. Hmm. Yeah, Very, I think it's minimalist, and, yep. you know, I like that, that opening shot with the credits. I love, in I love it. that yeah. with him lying on the bed. On the bed. I was like, oh, I'm gonna love this, mm-hmm. this, this apartment. Mm-hmm. Didn't love it so yeah, much exactly. after a while, much. but uh, that establishing shot of it looked really cool. Yeah. yeah. All right, that takes us to best character. So there were a couple cool characters. So like these movies have a lot of similar characters. There's like always an ex-con. There's a police detective. There's a hitman. There's a you know what I mean. All there's, of them. And it, it, you <laughs> can kind of get a little bit muddy after a while when you're watching them all back to back. But like there's the one character I think that really stood out to me was Commissioner Blot from Second mm-hmm. Breath. Yeah. He Blot's cool as fuck. Mm-hmm. Blot walks into a crime scene and he's like, so. uh... He knows exactly what happened. He knows. He knows exactly. He knows what you're gonna say. Hey, so uh, okay, this guy dead over here, Brad. I suppose you didn't see anything. You were uh, <laughs> yeah. you were down uh, down under there getting stuff out of the cabinet right when they broke in, right, Brad? Yep. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, Matt, Matt, you don't carry a gun anymore, right? So you yeah. couldn't. That's right. Okay. Uh, and then you know, and so he just kind of goes around. I, I love that he he knows that it's a game. But it's a game we gotta play. <laughs> you know real, what I mean? like, real quick, this is in French, right? And so yeah. you have to stay with the subtitles. And I was confused as fuck during that scene because <laughs> for some reason it's at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And I didn't yeah. I, I I don't think I put I don't think I put it together that he was the police commissioner. He's yeah. telling all these people like what they did, yeah. but they didn't do any of that. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? April's like, you gotta fucking read the movie. <laughs> you know? No, I thought that was a, that was a great scene. He and he, and he yeah, I just like that character a lot. Right on, Matt. For my best character, I'm going with Bob the Gambler, and I'm going with the title character Bob Montaigne. 
on the surface, he's just a charming, uh, witty, fun guy. But if you dig a little deeper, he's kind of multifaceted with an interesting dichotomy. On the one hand, he's a stern lecturer of morals to Anne as to her aimless behavior and loose lips when she's talking to Mark later in the movie. And then also to Mark for battering Lydia and being a pimp, which is <laughs> not great to begin with. Uh, but he's also a good Samaritan to Anne and generally an upstanding guy to all he meets so that most people adore him. But then again, he's also a compulsive gambler with a cheerful and carefree <laughs> attitude about it, yes. But sometimes he's cocky and reckless. And that makes him a character in both senses of the word. Like, he's a character, but he's also quite the character. And there's a forward very memorable. So I had to go yeah. with that one. That's a, that's a good one, yeah. yeah. I like Bob. Bob, Bob was, yeah, yeah. He was a lot of fun to spend time with. But uh, I agree with Nathan. Yeah, fair uh, enough. Inspector Blanc uh -huh. uh, was from that first scene. That's what that was draws you in with him, I think. Yeah, it's just his sarcastic wit, and yeah, he knows how to play the game. He knows everybody's full of shit. Uh, but throughout the whole film, um, he's just uh, great acting. Comes off as a very smart character. Um, yeah, just it's just really really cool to to spend time with him. Uh, it was tough because because Bob is great too, so it's kind of neck and neck yeah. with those two. Um, but yeah, that first scene when he's just sarcastic as all shit with these people, you know, I suppose, you know, you're out having a smoke, so you didn't see anything and you're this and you're under there and okay. Okay. Yeah. That was great. I, I liked Inspector Blanc from, all right. from, I uh, wanted to tie that was from, uh, Sorry. Second Breath. Okay. Correct. Second Breath. Um, I wanted to tie this one. I love Bob the Gambler. My ties are spoken for, uh, later, so I, I couldn't. Uh, but love Bob, man. Silver-haired fox. Mm -hmm. You know, just a cool dude. I'd like to see. Mm -hmm. I'd like to see George Clooney remake mm -hmm. this movie. I think it'd be badass. But um, can't tie. So I'm gonna go with Jeff Costello from La Samurai. Um, I have a big man crush on the actor Elaine Delon. Uh, he's also in Le Cirque Rouge, but mm -hmm. but La Samurai is where he shines, and he essentially gave birth to the cool hitman character. And as the title says, he's a French samurai, which I love. And I actually have a quote here from Edgar Wright. He's a big fan of this movie, and he said, Melville took lone warrior mythology from Japanese culture, married it with tough guy angles of 40s gangster movies, and ushered in a new age of neo-noir. And yeah, I think if you take all those ingredients, Japanese culture, gangsters, and you blend them together, I think you have a pretty fun character that stands the test of time. So I'm going with Jeff Costello. Nice. That takes us to best kill, death, or defeat. So for me, man, it was it was Jeff Costello. It was... It was uh... I don't know if you would think of it as like if he's a samurai, it's the, it's his ritual suicide, yeah. the seppuku. So you do uh, think it's his version of like? Seppuku? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the death by cop thing is intentional. Yeah. You know, like he's again, if you can, if you think of him, if it's framed as like he's a samurai, you know, he's he's like disobeyed his master. You know, he mm -hmm. like he like killed his employer. Basically, he's lost his like credibility, his like honor. Uh, everything that he does, it like like the police are closing in on him. He's, you know what I mean? Like he's, I really like, I really like this movie. <laughs> um, the, the, like he obviously has no intention of killing Valerie, right? Because yeah. he's, I don't know that he loves her, but he, like. He's kind it, of enamored by her more. Than yeah. The, the fact that he has a, he has, a, the only thing in his apartment is like a, a songbird. You know what yeah. I mean? It showed like, like yes, he, cool. he, he's, it's like a dojo. Like it's, it's very aesthetic. It's very like martial it's you know it's it's very plain but he still that's the human part of him like yeah. he appreciates that music and the beauty mm. and so like i think the fact that the 
the color is so washed out of this movie. I love the way it looks. Yeah, so do I. Mm-hmm. I love the way it looks, but but Valerie is vibrant in comparison. And and she even obviously her skin tone's a different color than everybody else. She mm-hmm. like. I, I think she's the songbird. You know yeah. what I mean? That, and the that, other relationship in the movie just comes off as like kind of a means to an end. Yeah, exactly. To oh, cover yeah. his yeah. ass. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this is someone that he found that was special. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has no, obviously, no intent. And, and obviously, that, that's, they show you at the end, he was never going to hurt her. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But he, it, yeah, I think this is the best death in the, in the marathon, yeah. for sure. It's the most character-driven death. And yeah, yeah. yeah Super like cool. It. I agree. It went the same way. Uh, best kill death and defeat the samurai where Jeff, a um, bunch of cops kill him in the club. It's well edited and intense and it's loudness and brutality, with, especially as Jeff lurches and being hit with each bullet and he's bleeding through the mouth at the end. It's really mm-hmm. fairly gruesome and just, you can tell he's like, um, yeah, it's really, really gruesome. Um, and like, like you also said, he's it's really hits death by cop. Um, the, the intention is that the audience is probably supposed to expect at first that he's going to kill Valerie. Um, so when he doesn't, that's a surprise. That also makes it extra visceral because it's also heartbreaking because we know that he did love Valerie. So we're sad that he's dead. Um, yeah. And so that's where I'm going. Uh, same, agree with all your points. I'm going with best skill. Um, I'm gonna do my runner-up real quick because Matt was chuckling at this because my runner-up was the armored car okay. that got thrown <laughs> off the second bridge. That got fucked up really bad. They, yeah, you could tell that was real. That they just chucked that fucking thing off the cliff. I love that. So that's my runner-up. Uh, but I went with my uh, for my best kill uh, from. Well, the same movie, uh, Second Breath, uh, Goo. Um, cause Gustav. Kind of, Gustav. Goo. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was kind of a cool Reservoir Dogs style shootout with the three of them mm-hmm. in yeah. the end, yeah. um, where it finally comes to a head. And, um, you know, like a lot of these movies, the acting was a bit over the top with them getting shot. But it made it's, it, it was framed and it was set up and made for a, a really cool kind of finale with that character. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, yeah. I, I, no, I, I, I'm gonna I, piggyback off that. Um, I don't have much to say about that that scene either, mm-hmm. but it's a really cool bloodbath. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. a, it's a nice little French standoff, and mm-hmm. then it leads to uh, the last stand on the staircase, mm-hmm. and Gustav goes out. But no, not not a lot to say. But uh, it was it was very effective, mm-hmm. very effective, and there wasn't as many kills in no. this marathon mm-hmm. as I expected there would be for a French crime marathon. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna talk about the Jeff Costello thing a little bit later. Um, I do agree with you. It's probably the most effective uh, character-driven kill. Um, but I'm going to go with uh, this bloodbath in uh, Second oh, yeah. Breath. Hmm. So that takes us to best score or soundtrack. Well, you got to <laughs> listen. So, I, okay. I get this one, too. This, this is not a... This, this is a nobody gets a point, Rubber Chicken. It's okay. not a specific thing. There's just not a lot of music in these movies. I get um, you. And and you know what that can be very effective at times. I I remember when we did uh, No Country for Old No Men. Country for Old Men. I think we all gave it a point at the table because and even though there's almost no music in it yep. because the lack of music built up the suspense and it really it's the it, it establishes this atmosphere and it's it, that's not the case no, in my not, opinion yeah. with these movies. There's a lot of long scenes where you're just watching a guy with a Bunsen burner <laughs> making some bullets and like. <laughs> There's no score, and and it's you're like I, 
It's I want to check my phone, but I can't because it's in <laughs> French and I'm going to miss yeah. something. You know what I mean? You like know it's it. hilarious. The two um, that you gave rubber chickens to, I almost did. Yeah. And I talked myself out of it, but I, I understand completely where, where, you're, where you're coming from. This is my last rubber chicken, by the way. Okay. But I was doing my awards. It would have been mine, too. <laughs> I was doing my awards, and I was like, I was like I'm on Category 4, and I've had two <laughs> rubber chickens, man. For an odd yeah. chore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, director. man, I... <laughs> But yeah, that's how I feel about it. You just don't get cinema. Yeah. No, in all seriousness, yeah. uh, there's <laughs> not a lot. There's just, I just don't think music is used effectively in these movies. There's, or I, locations. Or locations. <laughs> and I, and, and uh, I think the, the, the two times that I would say that it's used interestingly at all was it, probably both Bob the Gambler. where it, The beginning, where again, where the the music is descending as the trolley is descending and it's like okay this is uh, this is cool and then i think he's coming out of a card game and there's some kind of i think there's a guy playing like a xylophone or something oh, and, yes, yes, and yes. you think it's part of the soundtrack but then he walks through and it's a guy actually yeah, practicing yeah, yeah. like oh that's in the scene okay yeah. that's kind of cool but like is that's not worth yeah. a point that's see, not worth a point i'm dude. gonna see like, if you like what i give okay. it to okay all right Matt. so for best score soundtrack i went with the samurai francois de roubaix uh, it's mysterious with eerie and haunting qualities early on. They're very much like a horror film or a thriller. It really does. Yeah. And later on in the film, uh, I think towards like the one of the last scenes, the music ramps up with his uh, loud, harsh horns. He's setting uh, in a second mission. Adds a strong sense of danger to the proceedings. Um, Add to the soft jazz that plays in the nightclub and the brief um, jazz score that plays when the he and the piano player Valerie are riding in the car. And I just felt that both of those add a nice ambiance for different aspects to the story. So that's where I'm going with my idol point. Okay. Matt, you're full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I understand. Yeah. I get yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah, you could make your case. Mm-hmm. Um, because at least that that one has kind of the jazz pianist yeah. has got a little stuff. I appreciated the xylophone player too. There, I was like, oh, okay, you got a little. But there was so much in between those, where there just was nothing. Yeah. Um, and like you said, it's one thing if the scenes themselves, minus a score, build suspense or build drama, but some of the scenes are yeah, are just day to day operations <laughs> of of stuff happening and um. It just, yeah, it just, especially, I think nowadays people immediately want to grab their phone because they're like, okay, nothing's happening. I'm a little bit bored. But like you said, you can't because then they'll say something. You're like, what the fuck did you just say? So you can't do that. But it's, some of them were a a struggle to get through some of those sequences where it's just like silence Hmm. almost. So I, I appreciate little bits of some music in some of these movies, but uh, overall I just, I couldn't, it's not a negative to any of them. But I just couldn't give anybody a point. Okay. I I understand completely. Like uh, I almost gave this a rubber chicken, uh, but there was a little piece of music that played over and over again in La Samurai. I actually have a sample oh, here. Geez. That plays over and over. And I think you said it, Matt. It's, it's yeah. very haunting. Mm-hmm. And this plays at the beginning, the middle, the end of the movie. Um, I think it's very effective. Um, that's all I have to say. <laughs> the rest of the, the scores were pretty pretty weak. But, man, this piece of music here, I really dig. So I'm going to go with the Samurai. Okay. All right, Nathan, take it away. What's our next award? The next one's Best Screenplay. It's, no, I'm not going to rubber chicken it. But, but it's, I will be honest. 
it, I wasn't super impressed. Uh-huh. I, I'm gonna, I'll talk. Well, let me kind of break down some of the other before I give you my if actual. Martin Scorsese could hear you. Talking. No, I oh know, but like, but like, but watching Bob the Gamble. Oh, so I'll give you my my actual award here in a second. But like, watching Bob the Gambler, right? He has this altercation with like Roger in the beginning, and then like Roger gets picked up, and they're like, you know, you got to give me some information and stuff like so fucking obviously this fucking this fucking girl that they met is gonna talk to roger and then roger's gonna fucking rat him out like and it's just so like like you know everything that's gonna happen or like even like i like the samurai dude but like in the very beginning he's like i i never lose what what does he say what's the quote he's like i never lose Ex- but, but when I do, it's okay, or something like that. That's like, uh, it's yeah, like, I forget. and so it's like, so obviously at the end he dies, but he still gets his way. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, and you're just, God, like, there's, it's so fucking predictable. <laughs> like, um, so I went, my best one was, um, Second Breath. Um, yeah, I think it, to me, to me, it has the most the interesting ensemble of characters, has the best cast of characters. I like Goo. Um, I like blot. I, I think it has the best. A lot of these movies have like uh, the the detective and the and the ex con kind of have a relationship. Mm-hmm. I thought their their relationship was probably the coolest. Yeah. Um, Out of all these movies, I, could you see Tarantino remaking that? Yeah, one? this would be the one. That'd be the one. Yeah, yeah. I, I like I like you. You had mentioned you know does um does Goo give off like uh what was it De Niro vibes or something? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I the, thought he did. I can, I can kind of see that. Yeah. yeah. I th- this would be the movie that I would want to see. I said that in Messenger, didn't I? Yeah. 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 Uh I yeah, the, and I, and even the side character uh Manoush Alban, I like I like mm. these are side characters and you, and you, you don't really see them a lot, but they have some personality and yeah. they have some so that was for me that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also going for best screenplay to The Second Breath, John Pierre Melville. I especially like the complex characterizations of the main players and how the story critiqued not only the ethics of the police, but also the criminals. Uh, how there are many layers because of the multitude of characters. You have Gustav trying to escape freedom but getting roped into the heist mm-hmm. uh, at the end of the film, Plattenmeist. Uh, Simone being an accomplice by harboring uh, Goo, the fugitive, and also caring for his welfare while also fearing for her own safety. So she has a lot going on there. How uh, Gustav throws a wrench into the Platinum Heist plot because everyone's suspicious of him and they eventually like turn on each other. Um, and so he brings it down just as much as Inspector Blood and company's investigation. You have the loyal, brotherly dynamic between the Ricci brothers, uh, how that plays into it. Uh, great sarcastic dialogue for Blot, which we've already mentioned. And I'm going to get to it, into it later because I love it just as much how he bleedly insults the criminal suspects. Mm. Um, but most of all, the screenplay does a good job of using the police investigation to connect what seemed to be two separate stories at the beginning. The heist plot and then Gustav escaping from the law and eventually connects and it all real works really well. So that's where I'm going with a point. Right on. Jeez, man. Like fucking essay. Yeah. Uh, no, so I came close Ooh. to the chicken as well, um, but then the more I, I sat and thought about it, uh, I'll tell you. That's funny. We all thought about the movie. Yeah. Uh, and I'll give you my my pick in a second too. But I'll tell you why I kind of came close because like, and I was telling telling Matt this earlier. Like, I I like the ideas of these movies a lot. I just don't know that the screenplays yeah. are the strongest. Mm. Um, I mean, like, like you said, like the dialogue-wise, like I don't know. There's there's some strong, some's not as strong. Some characters are strong. Some not. It just it kind of was kind of messy and uneven. Um, but 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 the idea of you know uh, 
an ex-con breaks out and hooks up with yep. a murderer, yep. and then these guys are on the run, and they meet up with this, and you yep. got a sarcastic yep. cop. I'm like, awesome, sounds cool, let's do yeah. it. And then you, the, but but it just doesn't in the screenplay itself, it doesn't come together quite as well as you hope it does. Yeah. Even though I, the idea sounds really cool, but it's the best option, isn't it? Yeah. But the best option is, I think, Second Breath. Yeah. Like for everything you guys said, mm-hmm. it just has the the coolest cast of characters. They work really well together. The sarcastic cop, uh, strong. Uh, criminal character in, in, in Gustav. Uh, it's just, that one works together better. It's still a little long. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Which, yeah, I'm sure you would agree with with a couple of these. They go a little long, but... Um, it's the longest movie, too. Yeah, about two, two and a half? Cir- yeah, two, a little bit. Rouge and, and... They're right Duzian's both about two and a half. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this one, compared to The Red Circle, moved at a little bit better pace for me. Um... So yeah, so it was close to rubber chicken, but but the more I kind of sat with it, uh, I had to give it to second breath. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think that's a clean sweep, probably our first clean sweep. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like you said, it doesn't do everything great, but it does balance a lot. You know, you have the prison break, you have the underworld crime elements. You, it's a heist movie, the mm-hmm. police procedural, you know, and then has a good shootout at the mm-hmm. end. So mm-hmm. I think it does the best. At, it's got like the elements of yeah, it has the that, elements. that work yeah. really well. Yeah. It doesn't do everything I yeah. want it to, but I think it balances the material the best. And it checks all the, the Melville boxes. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with Second Breath as there, well. There was something in Samurai that I like laughed my ass off with the dialogue. It was um, near the end with Jeff, and I can't think of the name. The girl that's in love with him. Valerie. Valerie. Oh, or, or the girl that, that he... Valerie, she, she thinks she, yeah, Jane, I think is Jane, her name. Yeah, his actual she, she thinks like she's in on this and like a part of his life yep. and stuff. Okay. And he just doesn't give a shit about yeah, her. Yeah. And it's she was that, smoking hot too. Well, mm-hmm. both that's his wife. That was his wife in real life. Oh, that was, was her it? first film, yeah. And then they got divorced after. Oof. But uh But there's a scene to, kind of towards the end where um yeah, she's she's like, oh, you know, she's getting up close to him. She's like, oh, you need me. You know, you need, like, she's like, oh, yeah, you know you do or whatever. And she's kind of playing with him a little bit and like, nah, come on. You know, mm-hmm. and he like, leans in next to her like he's going to kiss her. And he's like, no. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, this dude's just a jackass. It's just so, I was just laughing my ass off at that one. That one was funny, but yeah. All right, that oh. takes us to best special achievement. So the best special achievement for me is probably probably just, the influence of Le Samurai in popular yeah. culture, um, I think it's this. This we'll, we'll get to the poll later, but this uh, a lot of people talked about Le Samurai and, and like, oh yeah, like influenced John Woo and influenced yeah. you know. Uh, I think for sure, yeah. I mean, like from The Driver to a bunch of John John Woo films like The Killer. Oh, fucking Drive, uh, even like yeah, yeah, g- yeah, yeah. Ghost Dog, Way of the Samurai. To uh, yeah. I love Drive. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think Drive, drive yeah. very I mean, Jeff Costello very similar. and yeah. yeah, The Driver from yep. Drive, very mm-hmm. very similar. very similar vibes. So yeah. I mean, like yeah, I, that's where I would go. Just you know, popular culture influence. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I also go with the Samurai for Best Special Achievement, but I go with Production Design Set Decoration by Francois de la Mothe. I uh, really appreciate how each setting remained consistent with a sense of cool style. 
from the Valerie the Penis Elegant Culture Department Design. Penis. The, the penis. Did you say penis? Department Design. Oh, penis. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, to well, Taylor, I really appreciate the penis. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> French. It is French. True. Le penis. Uh, Le penis. <laughs> the Japanese aesthetic, modern art. You have a Roman bust thrown in. The use of the warm colors to show her warmth. Reds and greens in the paintings. Greenish brown carpet. Wood trim on the stairs. And the gold frame for the mirror. Then you have the high society vibe of the club. With its glass and its deep black and silver color scheme. And even Jeff's apartment contrasts with this by being bare bones. With the bird in the bird cage informing Jeff's personality, as does the gray color scheme. And I also found a couple of things interesting. The curtain is used as a strategic prop when they put the bug on there. By the way, was, what the that was so <laughs> The yeah. bug? That's a the, huge bug. The yeah. first one? I know, I laugh fast. He's like, this is like, Like, why would you go with that one? Yeah, might as well just have a, he's like, a I've got a little in the corner with like a lampshade over his head. He's like, I've got a little one, but let's start with the gigantic fucking boom box. You won't see that behind the curtain, will we? No, he might. Nah. Yeah, and the second instance of uh, using an interesting prop is when he hops over the walkway in the subway station. And he also, lastly, even the lineups room of the police station feels like mm. a stage for the audience of the witnesses, which makes sense because it seems like the investigator is putting on a show for them as well as himself, a bit of a showman. So I think overall the the locations were used really intelligently and purposefully. Uh, so that's where I'm going with my idol. I like the lineup too. Got some mm -hmm. usual suspects mm -hmm. vibes yeah. from that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where are you going? Um, I don't know how strong I feel about mine. <laughs> I heard you guys, but I kind of went with uh, rubber chicken. No, no rubber chicken. <laughs> mine is kind of like I don't. I don't remember what the year these came out. I, I did the Samurai, then Bob, then Second Breath, then. Uh, Red Circle. So is that kind of chronological? Pretty uh, it was close to be. Bob, was Bob, first. Bob Second was first. Breath, Samurai Circle. Okay. Okay. So my special achievement was kind of just being able to kind of see the growth of him oh, as a yeah. director. Hmm. Um, well, especially Bob I, the Gambler was nineteen fifty six. Yeah, think. And then which the Red was Circle before was French Wave, but yeah. it feels French Wave. It's yeah. like the prototype French Wave. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I just felt like I, once I got to Red Circle, I could kind of see just his growth as a filmmaker. I had some legit <laughs> serious issues with it, but overall, um, especially visually, uh, cinematography, I, I liked that a lot in that especially movie. Especially La Samurai, man. La Samurai looks great, I think. I yeah. love the yeah. look of La Samurai. Yeah, it's a great look, and then there's a lot of stuff I liked in Second Breath, so... And then as, again, since I got my best screenplay, like I just felt like you could see kind of a growth of how he approached characters, how he approached just the story overall, uh, visually, um, not so much sound, <laughs> design and score. But so I, I, that was kind of the what I kept coming back to is, is, is just his growth um, in this genre that he okay. kind of founded. Yeah. You know? All right, special achievement. Um, I'm right there with Matt and Nathan, and it's like the first cool Hitman movie that I can think of. I've been trying to rack my brain. I don't know of any other Hitman movie that predates this and is this cool, you know? And like you said, Nathan, it um, 
It's been remade twice. Ghost Dog. I actually rewatched Ghost Dog. Did you? Because really? I, I never saw dude, that. I fucking loved Ghost Dog. It was a blast. But anyway, uh, Ghost Dog, the killer. Uh, it reminds me of Drive, uh, Driver. So it has to be one of the most influential hitman movies ever made. So I'm gonna go with La Samurai and its impact on the genre. Mm. So that uh, takes us to best scene. This was a tie for me. I think it's my first tie of the night. Uh, the first one I've already talked about, and it's that scene where Commissioner Blot shows up mm. in Second Breath, and he just knows everybody's shit. He know he knows exactly what's going on. He knows that they know he knows what's going on, but it's this fucking game they gotta play. I, I love that. Uh, the second the second one is uh, the actual jewelry heist from uh, Le Cirque La Rouge. For a French yeah. heist marathon, there ain't a lot of heists, to yeah. be honest with you. Um, but I do like that. That was the only one that I feel like um, I Matt. I do like the the where they get, they in Second Breath where they they hit the armored car and mm-hmm. they, I. But yeah. the but this is more what I think of when I think of a heist where there's yes. the, they're getting over the lasers and they got this special they they got a, brought a marksman who's gonna shoot this fucking lock and like that's cool like that's really cool I I got I got some major problems with it overall yeah yeah, yeah. but like but, but I I like yes. the heist I think it's pretty good and, and again like I. There's that scene later on where I think Jansen, the marksman guy, is saying, like, yeah, you know, you, this this special alloy, and then you shoot it into the lock, and it does the tumblers. He's like, you understand what I'm saying? And he goes, no. <laughs> but it's cool. That's kind of how I felt. Like, no, that don't make sense at all, yeah, but it's cool. cool. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I like some of the things he was trying to do. This reminds yeah. me... This reminds me of talking about Fade to Black. Yeah. You know, but this entire marathon. Like, I like what they're trying to do here, but, you know... Okay, where we for going? best scene, I'm also going with a tie with, between the Samurai and the Second Breath. Uh, the first for the Samurai, as I was talking before, the lineup room, the lineup's interrogation scene at the police station, which kind of feels like one scene made up of a series of connected scenes. This provides a great example of how the film is efficiently stylish with the use of set design and costumes to set the mood. Uh, especially when they're like switching the hats and the trench coats. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's really fun. <laughs> Um, and you also see how the commissioner's investigative technique work, works. The great build of suspense as he brings up each suspect and questions each witness. Added tension each time the camera is on Jeff because we know he's guilty. Um, a great tete-a-tete between the commissioner and Jane as he threatens her, but she tries to remain cool as best as she can. Um, and then for the second one, we've talked about it before. We might talk about it later on as well. Blots arrive at the club where Manoush and Albon are working. He comes in right after hired goons assassinate Jock. It's a great introduction to his characters. He cracks jokes while verbally assuming that no one saw anything, so no one knows anything. Well, of course, he's quietly assuming that everyone was a witness to what actually happened. There are some great lines, even though they are in French. Uh, especially the ones <laughs> the French are not known for their language. Yeah. Um, especially the ones about the Queen of England hitchhiking nearby and Blot hoping that Alban killed at least one of the goons. He just seems so amused and patronizing, which is a ballsy attitude and is fascinating to watch because he knows he can get away with it because of his authority and he knows that no one's going to confess. And uh, even more impressive, I've, I like saw this, I think it was... Uh, it was just like a, a description of a YouTube um, clip that's a single take, which is a great credit to the acting and directing in the scene. Mm. Well, I guess it probably was a single take. Yeah, it's like take. five and a half minute take, single take or something. Wow. Like that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, my best scene I went with was from um, Second Breath, and it's that outdoor heist 
with the platinum mm -hmm. truck. Yeah. Um, I love the way that was shot, especially from like the opening scene, which you get there and see them kind of in kind of similar almost to what you were talking about with the junkyard and they kind of walk through yeah. from Bob. You kind of see them up kind of laying out where where you're going to be, where's the sniper going to be. Um, it just it, it just flowed really well. Um, once the motorcycles, the cops entered with the car and and it like it worked. It played out exactly like how they wanted it to. You yeah. took out the cop, you yeah. tied up, you take out this guy, jump in, uh, and then you throw the, the truck over the fucking cliff. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was kind of neat to see how they, you know, they planned it out. And then it just, it worked really smoothly. You don't see that a lot. I think sometimes yeah. in heist, like, something goes wrong. But, like, they, they planned it, and it worked. And I actually it was... felt bad about them killing the guard, too. Yeah. We, had, we talked about best kills earlier. But yeah. Yeah, like, I felt bad for that guy. Like, he was just doing his fucking job. Like, usually I don't feel bad for those yeah. guys. But you like, almost kind of got the sense that some of them feel a little bit bad about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe it gets... in that, later in that movie, in that somebody mentions it yeah like, it gets brought up a few times brought, you know yeah. like, like you yeah that's probably like, why yeah. i cared yeah i'm like oh yeah because they're just dude. like well you know a it's just kinda, i mean there's even a moment where you were see a guy make the sign of the cross before he kills the guy because yeah. i guess he's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's either regrets oh. killing him or he's just religious but yeah. it out. i thought there's actually a pretty cool moment yeah. Yeah. yeah i think they even talk about like look i there's just no way around it like you yeah, gotta got kill somebody guy. brings it up you know what i mean like not killing or something he's like well you can't not do it right like there's no way around there's no way around it we have to take these guys out and yeah, that's right. Yeah, he kind of did the cross yeah. um, before he took out that first cop. So uh, I dug that scene. I liked it being outdoors. It, it, it looked good. Um, and it was just really well put together. So All right. I'm going with Le Circle Rouge, my first point uh, tonight. Uh, everything you said, Nathan, um, I like that it's 27 minutes, no dialogue. Um, I think every heist movie should... Is it should... 27, 27 minutes? 27 minutes, yeah. And wow, it's, no, it is it is too long. Yeah, oh, it yeah, is yeah. too long. Uh, but I think every heist movie should take notes from this scene. Like, I like the restraint. So I'm going with Le Circular, Le Circular Rouge. Okay. All right, that takes us to defining moment attribute MVP. So this is kind of an extension of best character for me. I wanted to get, have an opportunity here to talk about Bob the Gambler, right? Um, I like Bob. I like yeah. Bob. I think I, I don't know that he's my favorite character, but I wrote down that I think he's probably the quintessential Melville. No, character. I think you're right. He's you know he's kind of this like criminal, but he's got a code. Um, you know he doesn't. He's you know yeah like yeah like he'll he'll steal some money, but he's gonna be nice to women. Yeah. You know uh, he's not cool with like pimps and shit. Mm -hmm. um, Even the commissioner likes him. Yeah, yeah. He's got he's got this relationship with the cop. Like um, there's all of these things that you see throughout the rest of Melville's mm. movies, they're all kind that's kind of all there one, in Bob. One last score. Yeah, one, no, last, one score. last score. Yeah. yeah. Um so yeah, I don't know that he's my favorite character, but but he's the, I think the quintessential Melville no, character. I, I want to like give that. him a point for yeah. that. For a defining moment attribute MVP actually tied this as well. Uh, first, Bob the Gambler. The twist ending in which Bob escapes punishment. Don't by, give it away. <laughs> by, uh, spoiler. Yep, spoiler alert. By falling prey to his own weakness of gambling when he's mm -hmm. supposed to be robbing the casino. It's just a great use of irony that also almost redeems the film for me because it was such a good moment. The police cannot accuse him of attempting heist because he is nowhere near the other culprits. The buildup is just suspenseful, compelling, humorous, bewildering. Like all great twist endings, I didn't see it coming, but it's wholly appropriate. And for the samurai, I give it to, just to add Elaine Delon as Jeff. He does cut quite the figure. He's quiet and, and unassuming at times, menacing and deadly at others. And he does cut a like a, a fashionable figure. He's cool. 
the way he wears a suit, hat, and trench coat. He's well put together, so I, I can't deny him recognition with a golden idol because he does he does make quite an impression. Yeah, Brad's he's got, got a the, great Brad's look. got the house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elaine Delon is yeah, my. I'll get into it. In a minute. <laughs> yeah, he's got a great look. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's funny what you said about Bob though, because mm-hmm. I rented this from Google, right? Yeah, yeah. And the description, like the summary, of what this movie's about, is basically there's a guy named Bob, <laughs> and he's a gambler, <laughs> and he, he and he gets convinced to do one last heist. Uh, but he gets distracted by his gambling habit, and then his, all his friends and everybody gets caught by the cops. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's the that's last ten <laughs> movies of the movie! Well, you, all you did was tell the ending! How, and so you're like, I didn't see it coming. I'm like, I fucking did! Because that was the end of the movie. It was hilarious. But it's kind of funny, because then he, yeah, he leaves with all the money that he won. So, um, but my defining moment, piggybacks off your last one, and mine is ironic because I called it the Fuck Sound Award. Fuck Sound Award. Because the defining moment for me was 27 minutes of no score, oh. no dialogue, and barely any sound design. I was just like, what the fuck, yeah. man? What the fuck? <laughs> like, there are cool elements. Like, yeah. So, like, if they had trimmed it to 10, I would have been fine. Yeah, with 10 it. minutes. Yeah, yeah. But I went back because I, I just kept looking. I was like, when's the last time somebody fucking said something? Yeah. And I went back and I Probably cocked it. <laughs> so the, le- no, the last thing that happened before that, I tracked it, was, uh, what did I say? It's the, um, he can, he can, the, the main guy, Corey confronts someone about, no, it's, it wasn't Corey. It was, it was somebody that, yeah, it was like his henchman and he like slapped him around a little oh, bit okay. for something. And then they start the heist. And then nothing, yeah, then there's no dialogue. Even when uh, uh, their buddy, this the marksman comes in, they're just like, <laughs> yeah, just yeah, move yeah. on. Uh, no score uh, for 27 minutes until the alarm goes off when, yeah. the, when the guy finally, like, presses his face against the... <laughs> yeah. What a shitty place yeah. to put yeah. in, by the way. Yeah. Well, and then I, I was like, I watched it again. I'm like, why did he wait till the end of the heist to do it? Because yeah, yeah, all yeah. he did was sit up and just... I'm like, you've, had, you've just been laying there the whole time depressed. Yeah. Like, just do it. Uh, so that finally goes off. But <laughs> it was so funny because the first line of dialogue after all this is when the inspector is watching, like, kind of the playback of all the security uh-huh. cameras... And he's watching them move and, and steal the jewelry. And he like looks at his buddy. He's like, they don't say a lot, do they? <laughs> I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I was like, is this all a joke? Melville, he's like, I'm going to tell a really good joke here. By just having no <laughs> nothing. Uh, so Fuck noise. That's my defining Because honestly, it played through the other movies too. There's... Yeah, we we talked about that. There's a severe lack of score and sometimes sound design. Even uh, there's a lot of quiet parts of these movies. So that was my defining moment. It was just fuck sound. Mm-hmm. So my defining moment was the ending of La Samurai. Mm-hmm. He goes to the bar. He checks his hat, mm-hmm. leaves his ticket he's on the counter. You know he's yep. done. You know mm-hmm. he's done. Puts on his white gloves, and then he gets shot by the police. Mm-hmm. I fucking love that. And then later on, we find out there's no bullets in his gun. Mm-hmm. He did it on purpose. And uh, I just love thinking about how much this movie pulls from samurai culture, something mm-hmm. that I know you love as well, Nathan. And he pretty much, you brought it up earlier, commits seppuku. And I actually pulled up the definition of seppuku. Um, it's the Japanese ritual suicide. It was originally reserved for samurai to restore honor for themselves or for their families. And here's what I think, though. 
As a samurai practice, seppuku was used by samurai to die with honor rather than to fall into the hands of their enemies. And that's how I see this ending. Costello going out on his own terms instead of falling into the hands of the police. Bunch of theories on this ending. Like, if you go to Reddit, like, it's pretty interesting to read all the, the theories. But that's how I take this scene. I absolutely love just thinking about it going with Le Samurai. That takes us to Best Director. I'm going to go straight back to the samurai. Um, I we talked about this before. I love the look of this movie. Um, the so for, so best director for me is really again I watched these in order and the first two movies that we watched were black and white and I thought the excellent use of black and white by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a lot of you see this a lot in, in black and white movies that we've that, that we've reviewed before where there's like there'll be you know uh, the the use of black and white is symbolic mm-hmm. right. Um, so it could be like these guys are planning a heist in a room with like black and white checkered walls and like mm. it's cool because it's like they're not really bad guys but they're not really yeah. good guys either and it it's it's it works but i the reason i'm going with the samurai is because this is the the transition to color and he fucking nails it i think in terms of like using the color like artistically and as part of the story because like I, like i said like there's an i think an intentional like washed out look to this movie i love the, it looks very uh light like light co- light colored um or the contrast is just up a little bit and it's that washed out look is is critical because it's then you're when you see valerie and she's that warm that warmth that like you get drawn into it and like i just think anyway the reason i'm going with best director is because i think that like just that's impressive to go from artistically not using color oh, yeah, to artistically no, sure. using color and nailing it both <laughs> yeah. times. Like I like really sticking that transition. I think is super cool. Yeah, you know, with La Samurai, it's like Melville finally found out style was in the bag of tricks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. now it's like, dude, once you use this more often. Matt? I'm also going best director. This La Samurai, John Pierre Melville. Like you said, he's very intentional with what he does in this movie. Yeah. Um, he's efficient with time, the shot selection and length, the editing, impressive use of intentional close-ups and medium shots to show the characters' emotions and attentions, uh, great direction of actors to have them uniformly excellent at being deceptive, um, from the girlfriend to the piano player to Jeff, uh, plus solid direction of the shootouts and chase scenes. As well as Jeff's quiet evasions of the police exiting buildings, switching cars. Just really nice choreography there overall, I thought. Uh, The methodical direction matches Jeff's methodical behavior, which I think is the highest compliment I can give of a director. Just setting the right tone for the lead character story. Um, I don't really have a lot to say about mine because I've kind of already talked about it ad nauseum, but it's um, for Second Breath. Okay. Um, Just... I mean, it's a little long in the tooth, but just the the story itself, the cast of characters, um, just the way that that was all put together, edited, it was a very cohesive story. I think that one flowed really well for me. Um, even though that one's in black and white, I thought it looked really good. Um, so, you know, like I said, I don't have a lot to say like that. Okay. It was just kind of like, I thought that was the culmination maybe of, of all of his techniques that worked really well for me. Okay. This is my persistence award and I'm going with uh, Bob, the gambler because of Melville's attention to detail. 
it took him two years to make Bob the Gambler. Wow. To put that into perspective, the actor who played Paulo, the kid who Bob took under mm-hmm. his wing, made four other movies. <laughs> <laughs> okay, while Melville wow. finished Bob the Gambler. Mm-hmm. And I have to give Melville some credit. Like, this was before his bigger budget movies, but I think this holds up to his bigger budget oh, yeah. movies. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And as I said earlier, this movie set the stage for kind of what he was doing with uh, French New Wave um, and what he was doing with crime films. So it, it set the stage. So I'm going with Bob the Gambler. Nice. That takes us to Wild Card. So if I, if I can... Can I skip this for now? Because it's okay. the next category is what the fuck? It... It's also my what the fuck. Okay. So like like it's, giving it's, a point to your what the fuck. Yeah, okay. it's because it's like it is a what the fuck, but it's also I like it a lot, and okay. so I that want I also okay. want to award it. But okay. I, okay. Sounds good, Matt. My wild card I'm calling you the best relationship award, and I'm giving it to the second breath, and it's between Gustav and Simone slash Manouche. Mm-hmm. Uh, they say so much without even words. Simone often looks at Gustav with a mixture of affection and fearful concern. And returns, and he returns her gaze with a reassuring gaze of his own. Even if the script hadn't told us that rela- their relationship had lasted nearly their whole lives, we would know this because of how they look at each other. I think this visual communication is most powerfully clear, <coughs> clear when they part for the last time so that Gustav can confront the heist co-conspirators. And Simone's face expresses her intense fear that he will die, while Gustav's face seems to communicate it must be done, and if I die, so be it. He's resigned to his job and his fate, and she is already grieving because of it. And then lastly, because the script has already established such a deep connection between them, when with his dying breath, Gustav gasps, Manouche. He doesn't need to specifically say to Blot, make sure that you keep Manouche safe. Mm-hmm. One word is enough. So that's why it's getting my wild card. It's just a really good relationship. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That was a good one. Yeah. Mine's short and sweet. Uh, mine's called Dumbest Criminal Name, and it goes to Red Circle for Corey. Corey. You know that you know like Jeff? Jeff the Hitman? Jeff, <laughs> Jeff Costello? If, if you say it like that. Corey. Corey. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't, just, as soon as they started, they're like, Corey. I'm like, Corey? Really? Corey? I don't know. I didn't have anything no, else No, I, I agree so with you. I, I was just like, it just stood out to me as like, there's so many names. You could come up with something better than Corey, I thought. It just doesn't, <laughs> doesn't feel like he's like this badass. No, but hit. Goo doesn't sound like a fucking Gustav. Badass. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Gustav. That's why I say Gustav. <laughs> yeah, Goo. Yeah, because yeah, when I read the description of the movie, it said Goo, and I'm like, that's kind of a weird it's name. Yeah. But yeah, Gustav. <laughs> they just shortened it. But Corey, I, it just sounds <laughs> ridiculous Corey. to me. No, but <laughs> so. I was telling my wife about, I was like, I was talking about some of the movies and kind of what happened, and I was like, you know, that, that movie... Uh, Sa- you know, he's like a samurai, right? His, yeah. his name's Jeff. <laughs> he's like, Jeff is, yeah, is Jeff samurai. samurai. I want to change yeah. my name to Costello. Yeah. I think Costello's, Costello's cool. Yeah, but yeah I, both of those are kind of silly, but Corey, for me, got me the most. It's just being like, I, work a little harder to come up with something for your main character. For Alain Delon, mm-hmm. yeah. this like, yes. sex symbol hitman yeah. than Corey. So, All right. <laughs> For wild card, I almost made this the Elaine Delon. Oh. I have a big man crush on Elaine Delon. He's my French Tashira Mifune. Mm. Yeah, like oh, you yeah, know how you yeah. watch Tashira Mifune and Seven oh, yeah. Samurai? Like, goddamn, I gotta check out every fucking oh, movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how I feel about Elaine Delon. All right, absolutely love what he brings to these movies, uh, Le Samurai and Le Cirque Rouge. But I'm spreading the love tonight, and I think you guys will agree with this. All right. 
Spreading the love, I'm going with a three-way tie. Hmm, okay. This takes all my tie points, okay? Oh, wow. Okay. I'm calling this the lead actor award. Hmm, okay. And um, Elaine Delon, he gets it for La Samurai. Mm-hmm. Fucking love Elaine Delon. And then uh, Roger Deshesne, I think is how you pronounce his name. Um, Bob the Gambler. Okay, Absolutely yep, yep. love him. And I got to give some love to Lino Ventura for Second Breath. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the main lead for Gustav, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, his performance I think probably grew on me the most after this this marathon yeah. was over. But I love, absolutely love all three lead actors. Mm. So I'm giving them a tie. Yeah, they were great. All right, that takes us to our next category, which is what the fuck. Uh, let's go around and give a few runner-ups. Um, do you have any for Bob the Gambler? Yes, it's my main one. Okay, mm. Matt. Any uh, runner-ups for I Bob just the Gambler? had like some small like technical issues. I thought the editing was a bit odd, like some abrupt cuts. Um, inconsistent narration that seems sporadic for much of the film, but it's uh, prominent in the third act, so it kind of just felt a little bit off for me. Uh, really, the only and just only other couple ones are Anne being set up to be like a lost lamb type character to be redeemed. Mm-hmm. But I felt that by the end of the movie, she was just like kind of a scapegoat for being a blabbermouth, so it's kind of mm-hmm. a disappointing end to her character. And uh, the last ones are just kind of. I mean, it's just kind of my opinion, but a couple of the characters seemed like they resembled other actors, like Daniel Couchy, who plays Paulo. I thought he buried a noticeable resemblance to Miles Teller. Yeah, yeah he does. Very yeah. much, yes. And Isabel Corey kind of looked like Jennifer Lawrence. So I Dude, just kind of thought it was a Paulo, little Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Melville almost cast Elaine Delon, mm-hmm. but he said he would run away with the movie. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, he would just steal yeah. Bob's spotlight. And I agree with that. He yeah, probably yeah. would have. Yeah. And I like mm-hmm. Bob. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he did look like a okay. teller. I don't have anything for Bob. I have one. And I don't know if you guys felt this way. Bob the Gambler was the first movie I watched. Mm. And it was the unexpected titty shot. Oh, I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. know why. It was, just, mm-hmm. it was 1956. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I just It just caught me off guard. I was like, wow. Oh, she's in bed or something? Mm-hmm. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there's, I think there's a scene where she's actually putting on some clothes. And you yep. see like all oh, the side yeah. boob. Yeah. I'm like... Mm-hmm. Okay, wasn't expecting that. That's not in fucking Citizen Kane. You know, <laughs> right, that's no. not in Casablanca. <laughs> right, but you're in France. Exactly, exactly. So it makes sense, I guess, but it just kind of caught me off yeah. guard. Uh, any for Le Cirque Le Rouge? Let me see. Uh, the first time I think that, that Gustav and Manouche see each other and they that's like fully... Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were going chronologically. For Cirque Le Rouge. I don't think so. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Just that the part you mentioned, I think, Marge, where like after the heist, the the security guard like leans up and hits the thing. Like it's <laughs> yeah, that's it's like it's not like he's incapacitated. Like it's yeah. he just does a crunch and, it's and not like, like gets he's up like and was knocked him. unconscious. Mm. No, they yeah, he's just sitting there like looking around. <laughs> yeah, he's just like dejectedly <laughs> yeah. laying there. Like yeah. So like, what took him so long? Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I just have one from that where Corey is fondling the statue's breast at the beginning of the race. <laughs> it just felt like really weird. It was like brief, but I was like, what the fuck? What the heck is <laughs> going on? Yeah. Yeah. That's actually one of mine. I have a couple okay. from, from Le Cirque Rouge. <laughs> one of them was that, <laughs> yeah. where he walks past, he's just like, yep. grabs it. <laughs> I was just like, I was like that, that's an interesting take in the middle of a heist. Yeah. And just, wait, I got to grab this tit real quick. Yeah. Um, another one was... Uh, at the very beginning when he escapes the train and he's like got this rope and I was like, oh, he's going to like, you know, choke out this, the guard, the, the cop there. And instead he like kind of 
fucking Tarzan swings out the window of a moving <laughs> no, train. No, he like fucking yeets himself yeah. out the window of the yeah. train. Yeah. 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 That, might be, that might be like the classic definition of yeeting something. Yeah, yeah he, he just like right through the dude, window of a moving he, train. He, he, I remember when he took off. I was like, are we going to see that dude again? Yeah. yeah. It totally caught me off <laughs> no, guard. No, that would have been just, a good one. Fuck, I forgot about that. You just said it. Yeah, yeah. yeah it yeah. kind of caught me off guard because, like I said, I saw him with the rope and I was like, That's oh, what's he, how's he going to figure out how to get out? And then he just yeah. fucking dies out the window. During the viewing, I was like, goddamn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he just took off. Um, another one from that was uh, when Corey, um, he goes to, like, this billiard hall um, and then he, like, pays the guys, like, they're closing, but he pays the guy just to get in, and then the uh, thugs show up to rough him up or whatever, and he, well, he doesn't murder the guy, I guess. He, like, knocks the gun down, knocks the guy out, and then redirects the other guy's gun to shoot him in the head, <laughs> knocks that guy out and leaves, and then he just kind of, like, strolls down and goes around the corner to a fucking auto dealer and buys a car. <laughs> he just does it so nonchalant. I'm like, is that other guy going to come after him, or is he just... He's like, no, I'm just going to go shopping now. <laughs> He's like, okay, you just murdered somebody, but that's cool. So that was just kind of a weird little sequence of murdering somebody and then buying a car. Um, I have another one that doesn't really play into any specific, okay. but it was just the relationship between the cops and criminals. Like, they were just very playful, like, um. and... A lot of the, especially kind of in that lineup scene, they're like, the cops are like, hey, do this. And they're like, okay. And they just like yeah. do whatever the cops say. And they just have this familiar relationship. It was kind of weird. Like, it's not really what the fuck, but it was just kind of like, they just seemed friendly and and respectable to each other when they're like together, even though they're obviously opposed to each other. Well, and even like, you know, the sarcastic cop when he comes in, they're like, oh, yeah. Okay. yeah, yeah. They're like, I get it. He's right. <laughs> we right. all know we're right. We all play the game. So it was just, that was kind of just weird. Like, Throughout all the movies, they're just that relationship between the cops and the criminals was kind of interesting. So. I'm surprised nobody brought this up, but the opening of La Circle of Rouge has a quote from Buddha. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, it's, mm-hmm. it's yeah. bullshit. Yeah, and then La Samurai has an opening yeah. quote from the Book of Bushido. Mm-hmm. I think. Also bullshit. All bullshit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All bullshit. Melville just <laughs> made all that shit up. And it's that actually might, if that I that might tie into my dude. If I actually make a movie, I'm gonna put like an opening quote. It's gonna sound legit, like from yeah. fucking Abraham Lincoln or yeah. something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's completely bullshit. bullshit. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they brought the power of the yeah. might to the land. <laughs> yeah. Bullshit. Quote, Abraham Lincoln. Uh, yeah, like, exactly. Wow, that's crazy. All right, La Samurai. There's a couple from La Samurai. Okay. Um, one of them is so. In the, that lineup scene, right, where they where they say, yo, put put on this hat, put on this thing, uh, it's the, they they go, I think they go to Valerie, right, and they say, like, if you positive, and he's, like, right, like, they're right next to him, yeah. like, if you, this if this is the guy, if you say it's him, I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna arrest this motherfucker and I'll yeah. keep him here, so it's, it's all on you, like, is that oh, protocol? Yeah, like, I thought that too, I'm like. Aren't you supposed to separate them yeah, like, so they don't know who's she, literally calling them he's, out? He's <laughs> looking her right in the face. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? It's like a stage play yeah. and they're in the audience. We're like, is this the guy that is killed your guy? friend? And you're like, yep. I'm like, yep. awesome. Yeah. All right. And so the criminal's like, I know you. Right, yeah. I'll come kill you now. a little bit fucked up. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know that that's protocol. It's like, I think maybe that movie is why they're like, we should separate so they can't the, see <laughs> who's calling them. Yeah. Um, another one was just, and, and I like the bird. I like the bird. And I, I understand the importance of the bird <laughs> in the scene. It goes apeshit, doesn't it? <laughs> like, yeah. It's, again, so just setting it up for anybody listening, right? Like, the, the police come into uh, Jeff's house 
to plant this fucking bug, and the bird is going ape shit. The bird, the, the yeah. birds, the, this, these people are not supposed to be here, and so that plays into when Jeff comes home, he sees that these feathers are everywhere. He knows that like something spooked the bird. There's something yeah. wrong Someone with the house. Someone ruffled some feathers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but this scene goes on for fucking ages, and there's no sound except for this bird. Like, yeah. And, it, and, it, and it's like, I mean, ages this goes yeah. on. And my wife was in the other room and she was like, What the fuck is that? Like, yeah. and I'm like, I'm sorry, I'll turn it down. Turn it down. I'm watching an archer at work. Everybody in the house is like, What the fuck? <laughs> I forgot about that, but I'll piggyback real quick because I was watching it in my living room with the windows open. I'm like, Is this the fucking movie or are there birds outside making all this yeah. goddamn noise? Because it just, there was no, yeah, no other noise. This is this bird over and over. I'm like, Is this. There's pause in the movie. Like, is that where it's coming from? There's <laughs> one one more thing from the samurai, and it's where he, he leaves, he comes back, and then the other assassin is in is in his house waiting for him. And so the way the shot is, is that he walks over to like a cabinet and he's standing next to a, a, a row of like windows. On the other side of that is the kitchen. And what happens is this guy fucking puts his hand with a gun through the fucking window. He oh, yeah. breaks the yeah, glass yeah. and puts the gun right in his face. And it's like there's a couple fucking things. First of all, that only makes sense because you can only the camera is with Jeff. It's like it's like um cuz he's right fucking there. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Like he's right there. There's no there's no shot that you can't see him standing yeah. on the other side. We can't see him because the cam we have a limited perspective, but Jeff could clearly fucking see this guy yeah. standing in his kitchen. <laughs> it's like um uh what's the what's the Bruce Lee movie uh Enter the Dragon where the mirror, yes, the mirrored yes. walls. It it sounds cool, but if you really, they're just in like a fucking, uh, yeah. like a like a gym, a fucking Planet yeah. Fitness, like a Planet Fitness. Yeah. There's mirrors on the wall. That make any fucking sense. Uh, but also, just that it's you. He like just jams his hand through the fucking window yeah. to point a gun at him. Like what the fuck, yeah, dude? Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. For That's being it. assassins and shit, like yeah. it's pretty pretty dumb assassins. Yeah, yeah. 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 I just had a very minor what the fuck from La Samurai when Jeff caresses Valerie's hair. <laughs> Since even though it's established they have sexual chemistry, he hasn't even kissed her, so it seems very overly forward. And I guess it's kind of sets up a trend with uh, Lane Delon, <laughs> doesn't it? He likes caressing things. He likes caressing women. <laughs> uh, I actually, now that you mentioned some from La Samurai, I didn't have any, but I forgot there was one, and that's uh, kind of near the end when he confronts the was it is it the is it the the main boss that that he took the job from that is now trying to kill him right uh-huh yeah and he he like sees him in the hallway and he like runs at him do you remember this oh yeah no like no, he yeah, runs at so him awkward. and he just kind of goes yeah, <laughs> and like so pushes awkward. him and pushes him and the guy's like what the fuck yeah, what's no, going it's, on it's so awkward yeah. it was very awkward and then they kind of stand off with each other and you get a shot of like Jeff's not a very good, you know. Hit he's man. not a tough guy. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's stoic, but he's not like tough because he just kind of. <laughs> yeah. But then they get in the room, and you get the cut, uh, like Jeff with his gloves, like out of his pockets. You're like, okay, he's got his hands out, and then the other guy like pulls his gun, and then Jeff's already got his gun out shooting. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. But you just showed his fucking hands yeah, no, out no, of his no. pocket yeah. or out of his jacket. So how? What is he like? Yeah. I, that was just a really weird. I don't know if it's the editing that was, but it was just it, that whole sequence with his like really yeah. <laughs> kind of push, and then uh, his amazing like fucking uh, 
speed at drawing a gun, I don't know, was kind of, that one was just really weird to me. Well, Jeff's first kill was like a what the fuck. I know it's a jazz oh, bar, yeah. but he's got this fucking loud hand cannon. Like, <laughs> you're not, ex- you know, you don't think anyone's ever going to come in there and like and yeah. hear this, and, mm-hmm. and it, someone does. And that's how he ends up the lineup and shit. But that's mm-hmm. fucking loud, dude. Yeah. It's fucking loud. Yeah. Um, there's also an English dubbed version of La Samurai titled The Godson. Yes. Oh, because they dude. were trying to capitalize on the success mm. of Godfather. Mm. Oh, yeah. Right. That's horrible marketing, yeah. man. Yeah, like, if is. I was yeah. uh, in the mood to watch something like Godfather mm-hmm. and I rented this, I'd be fucking pissed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. It's nothing yeah. like The Godfather. It's, no. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I have, I have one more? I'm sorry. Uh, it's with, it's, it goes to that assassin, the assassins in his apartment again. And. The assassin has him at gunpoint, and he, and he's and he's like trying to he's like you know listen I'll talk to you if you put the fucking gun away you know what I mean so he puts the gun away and then Jeff just beats the shit out of him yeah, like, <laughs> it's the stupidest thing I've ever seen like like he's like okay fine I'll put the gun away and he just like slaps him and yeah. takes the gun yeah. like I don't know it's just like what a fucking pussy like what <laughs> okay go ahead uh, any for second breath um goo and Minutia's relationship is a little incesty it's a little house of the dragon they they like when they uh, not according to matt matt right. loved it <laughs> no i uh, it's only really the first time i think that they see each other and 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 he embraces her and there's a very like because i was like that's his sister right you know what i mean just i mean maybe it's a cultural thing yeah uh yeah i assume it's a cultural be. thing uh, uh but it was a little little targaryen <laughs> Tar- targaryen <laughs> Uh, minor, pretty minor, just the awkwardness of the fake punches and reactions. I know that's the fight technique back then, but mm. it kind of looks cheesy to me. Yeah. Uh, and the other one was Gustav Minda just riding the bus a lot for that one scene. I mean, it's it seems a little inefficient, time-consuming, but it does make it easier to shake someone who's tailing you. I, mm. I'll give it that. Uh, I don't really have any for second breath, no. All right, that takes us to our main what the fuck. What do you got, Nate? So the main the main what the fuck for me is it's also my wild card, right? So it's it's a what the fuck, but I also I I I like it. I like it. <laughs> and so I'm going to give it a point as well. <laughs> okay. Is um just the tonal roller coaster ending of Bob the Gambler. Mm-hmm. Because it's like it. <laughs> oh, it, no. Because <laughs> so like it's this so they go to this like really underwhelming uh, a casino they've been building up the whole movie and, it, and it's like again it's like yeah. this table mm-hmm. um, and they have this whole big plan that like never I mean like nothing happens nothing. as part of the plan no. he mm-hmm. just sits there he sits there and he's, he's it's the game of his fucking life yeah. it's the game of his life and you're like yeah he's like winning but but he's supposed to let them know by yeah. like 5 o'clock or else they're gonna come in here God. what's gonna happen so they show up the cops fucking gun these guys down, and so you're you're like happy for him, but then but then like his like protege gets killed, and he acts and, like he doesn't even give, a and shit. he doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, maybe I can actually make money off of this, right? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, you expect this is this is you expect yeah. him to be like super set, and it, mm-hmm. he doesn't give a fuck. He he no. like kind of embraces him for a yeah. moment, but then but then he's like laughing with the police, yeah. and then they're they're loading the money into Hollow's the car. And he's, like, the street. he's like, yeah, you know, may, yeah, maybe I'll even make money off yeah, this, yeah. you know. And then, then yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I I I get like I think it's really bad. Yeah, but I but. Dude, but I like. I think it's so jank. It. It's so jank Dude, that I like it. I'm gonna skip everybody here. I'm just gonna piggyback off you because I'm giving it 
my what the fuck as well, but for okay. for the same reason. I fucking hate it. <laughs> like, yeah, I, yeah, I was dialed in. Yeah. Like, I was like, dude. You were waiting for a casino heist. My, my favorite location was breaking down the casino out in the fucking junkyard, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, detailed plans, driving around the casino, mapping out the exits, mm. right? Um, practicing the Yes. Uh, planning yeah. the heist. Man, I was dialed in. It is one of the biggest <laughs> cinematic blue balls I have it ever had so in my life. I was like, yeah, what's, what the what? <laughs> This is it? <laughs> what about the junkyard plan? Yeah, yeah. That's my what the fuck. Yeah. Well, I do want to bring up, my my brother was telling me this earlier, but uh, in that scene, how the cops come up and they're just like blasting him right away. They just away. start yeah. shooting. Yeah. They haven't yeah, yeah, yeah. done the heist they yet. Yeah. They're yeah. just they showing up. Yeah. They're literally just showing right. up to a casino. The cops <laughs> come out and just start gunning them down. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. it took me a second, and then I thought, of it. I was like, wait, they didn't do the heist? No, you're right. They yeah. just showed up. The cops shoot also, first, I'm pretty it sure. It was also weird, because, yeah, it's like 5 o'clock is when he's supposed to give the signal, but he gets to the casino at, like, I 1. Know. <laughs> he's, like, just hanging out for four hours, and, like, of yeah. course he's going to gamble. Then, right. It's like, the, I, I didn't make any sense. The uh, the the commissioner, right, He's he loves Bob so much, right? Yeah. He's he going all around town to stop him. <laughs> Just go to the fucking casino. Yeah. And wait by the fucking door. Bob, you shouldn't do this. Everyone knows about it in town. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He goes everywhere. I don't know where Bob is. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to rob the fucking casino. Oh, that is true. <laughs> Why was it? It was like a big waste so of fucking Bob? time. Have you seen Bob? Did you check the fucking casino? <laughs> You know, the boss. guy that's a gambler? <laughs> Just stand by the fucking exit door. Yeah. <laughs> He'll show up. Bobby shouldn't do this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, there's five guys there. It's not like you're going to see him. Yeah. Like, no. It's not like he's hiding yet. Bob, no! Yeah. Where are you going, Matt? My number one, Mike, what the fuck? It might be a little anticlimactic off of it, after all of that. <laughs> But it's in uh, the Red Circle where Jansen's just having batshit visions of these snakes, rats, <laughs> lizards, and it looks like it's crabs that, like crawling all over him as he suffers from nightmares because he's an ex-alcoholic. It's just like, yeah. it's just, I was going, what the fuck? What next? You know? <laughs> what next? <laughs> what next? <laughs> I was expecting spiders. Demons crawling out of his ass? <laughs> yeah. Uh, mine's more anticlimactic, but actually it plays into now what you said a little bit, cause I forgot about that. Um, it's for, uh, the samurai. And so people can do their own research cause I didn't do enough research, but there, there's, there in one like review shortly after the movie came out or a couple of years with after it came out, it talked about, it was based on a book, um, called the Ronin by this person named Joan McLeod, right? And so I was like, oh, cool. Let me look that up and see what the book's about or what, you know, how similar it is, whatnot. And then I got in like this Reddit thread where people are doing exhaustive research and they're like, this does not fucking exist. No <laughs> one can find this book. Like the author doesn't exist or if it does, it's maybe a different name and they're trying to track that down. And then somebody got a hold of like, uh, I can't remember, one of the actors in the movie. And he's like, I don't remember anybody talking about it being on a book, based on a book. And it's like, what? Fuck! Like it doesn't exist. Like the book of Bushido, or like yeah, know, like yeah, the yeah. quotes. Like I, Melville's just making shit up. Yeah, apparently because he pulls it off pretty but good. It's in though. The, hold up a second. Go ahead. Go ahead. But it's but, in a Wikipedia article because I. But I, that's but like, that's what people reference. The one time it's mentioned in this interview, yeah, yeah. Everybody piggybacks off that and says, "Yeah, it's based on this book. It's in this 
is in this interview, and I can't remember who in the interview says it's based on a book. Maybe it's Melville because he just makes shit up. Yeah. But it was just, it was just, I, it was very simple. I just wanted to see like what the book was, yeah. and I go down this rabbit hole of like there is no book. It's Rich. not. But, but yeah, if you look at the Wikipedia or some IMDb stuff, it says he wrote the screenplay. Yeah, and it doesn't say anything about being based on a book. So it's like, based it's just off very, of right. It doesn't. Say it's just book. very weird that like some say it's based on this book, but there's you can't find any existence of the book. Yeah, and then they reference the one line about a book. But I, I but yeah, clearly that. if he's I, making up I quotes love, for other I, movies, maybe yeah. Did made you know up. that he he made up those quotes? I had no, I didn't yeah, know until he said that. It. So no, it's just, just fucking bullshit. So yeah, maybe he's the one that's like, yeah, based on this book, and yeah. it was like, cool. That's it's called cool. A, a Night <laughs> of a Thousand Flowers. <laughs> yeah, and people are like, that's awesome. And yeah. They try to look it up, and it doesn't exist. So I was like, what the fuck? That's hilarious. Huh. Now you're gonna go down a rabbit now hole. Now this is gonna fuck yeah. me yeah. up. Okay. But it's yeah, I, I I'm urge, sure Reddit has people to yeah. <laughs> yeah, go down a rabbit hole. Look it up. It's yeah. just it's crazy. And mine was Bob the Gambler. I already talked about that. So that takes oh, us yeah. to worst picture. I think the only one of these movies that I really don't want to watch again is The Circle Rouge. Yeah, me too, mm. man. I, I like I like Bob the Gambler. I I like Le Duzième Souffle. I I like Samurai. I I like. In fact, I like him probably a lot. Uh, I don't, I don't like hate the Circle of the but it's long. It's long and it's boring. And it's not the longest. I I'm pretty sure that you might be right. That second yeah. breath is like 10, 15 minutes longer, but yeah. it feels like the longest. It, yeah, it does. It feels so. It's so long. And I and I it, part of that maybe is my fault. I I you know I try to watch them pretty close together, and after. Ten hours of French <laughs> yeah. movies, and you yeah. got a two and a half hour. This is the last one you watched. The, yeah, yeah, you're like fuck this. Yeah, yeah. it was <laughs> the last one I watched you know, too. Yeah, and it's yeah, uh, yeah. So I watched what people call his masterpiece, <clears throat> and it's like a World War II spy thriller, and it's called Army of Shadows. Oh, I heard a lot of people Slow ask. Slow ass. Yeah. Fuck! <laughs> Boring ass fuck! Anyway, Matt. Anyway, Matt. Uh, I'm also going with the Red Circle. Like you said, it's very dull. There are long stretches without dialogue, including for like 25 minutes, 27 minutes, I guess. Uh, the characters lock flare to me. I thought they were dull. And just, I mean, it's actually kind of fairly well made. It's just that none of it really stands out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, none of it's uh, memorable. Um, it needed to be better edited, um, better paced. Um, yeah, I mean, there's some moments I liked, uh, some aspects of it, small moments like when Vogel's hiding out in the car, some aspects of the jewelry heist, final shoot, shoot, shoot out in the field. I mean, I think my brother was talking about it earlier, how like, it's kind of the, the actual shootouts are kind of janky. They're, yeah. Um, but I mean, they at least brought some excitement to the film, but. Yeah, I just have to say it's the worst picture because it didn't get any of my points. It's getting like a negative one. So, mm. yeah, that's where I'm going. Um, it's three for three here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I already talked about the 25 minutes or 27 minutes of nothing. No dialogue, no sound, no nothing, no music. Uh, so that was tough to get through. Um, and like even, even like I said, that like I could see his progression as a director. There's still some things I liked about it. I like the visuals of it. I like the look of it. Um, there's bits and pieces and scenes that are okay. But Alain Delon, I love him with a mustache. Delon, I love he has him. a mustache and fucking rocks yeah, it. He fucking rocks that stash. Um, yeah, it was a pretty looking film. But yeah, the characters were just not as memorable as any other yeah. ones. It dragged on for far too long. Heist had some cool elements. But again, that was just too long. And they're just, yeah, they're just, it, that was certainly... 
I just talking about these movies. I I like some of the other ones better. Just going yeah. back through them now. But that's one I just have. I, I don't think I could do again. I there's nothing. And it even had uh, Eve Montan, who I know from a Marilyn Monroe movie. I was like, oh, that he's in this. That's cool. He was the marksman, the older guy. Oh yeah. Um, but he couldn't save this movie. So <laughs> like, it's just like clean sweep, yeah. man. I'm going with uh, La Cercle, watching paint dry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. This movie was so fucking slow. I had to watch something snappy still staying in the crime realm and that's when I decided I have to watch Born. you know fuck I haven't watched Oceans for a while yeah. Oceans 11 12 13 you had to and watch three ocean movies. I was like fuck I forgot what fun felt like yeah. <laughs> you know I actually had fun with those movies yeah. and uh, yeah La Circle Rouge uh, I think the character interactions could have been cut Heist, even though I admire the restraint, too much mm-hmm. restraint, mm-hmm. Um, that could have been trimmed. Um, I wasn't engaged. I kind you know? of liked Elaine DeLong's, his character's relationship with the other guys yeah, and the murderer. His, yeah. Like, they had a pretty engaging relationship. But I think that could have been trimmed. Yeah. But yes. Yeah. 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 And it, yeah. I think the best part of Le Cirque Rouge was Elaine DeLong's mustache. <laughs> yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't... Send that to send that to Criterion. Yeah, Yeah. Criterion mustache. (laughs) Criterion. That's Pantheon mustache. All right, uh, that takes us to best picture. So this is my other tie. Um, One of the first the first one's gonna be um, Second Breath. I think Second Breath is probably the most entertaining movie out of these. Um, I I like I like a lot of the characters. Like the screenplay. Um, I think I think probably overall it hits the most heist buttons you know checks the most boxes you know i mean it's got got a it's got a good heist it's got good characters it's got good relationships um it's it's on the long side but it doesn't feel as long as some of the other movies um so that's that's why i gave got my uh best screenplay yeah i want to give it a point for that but i also want to give a point to the samurai i think the samurai is extremely good um and i think probably i think I don't know. That's hard to explain. I, I think most people maybe would like Le Cirque Rouge. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I think most people would like uh, Second Breath the most. It, like if you if you had them watch it. But the one I one I the one I respect the most is the Samurai. Yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. So that's yeah. It's a good tie. Um. Yeah. I probably like if I had th- three ties, I probably would have gone that way. And because the uh, the Second <clears throat> Breath probably is my favorite of these films. By one with the Samurai mainly mm-hmm. just because. Uh, as I mentioned before, it's like technically very well done, um, visually and editing and everything. Even it got like most of my technical awards. It gets all of the, it exists the majority of my idols. Um, just very well made overall done acting and all that. Um, and I didn't have as much fun with it, but I just respect the artistry. So that's where it's, where it's getting my best picture. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to tie anything, but there's aspects of even Bob that I enjoyed mm-hmm. and I liked uh, character-wise and whatnot. Um, and I think I think the Samurai is one, like you said, I think I appreciate what it kind of did more than I enjoyed it, in a sense. Mm-hmm. I think it's one I could go back to and maybe learn to enjoy a bit more. Um, but the one that, like... I just right off the bat enjoyed as I watched it was Second Breath. Even though it was longer, it, it didn't feel long. It moved at a good pace. The characters were engaging and fun. Um, cool kind of high story to that one. 
for me, that one just kind of, as it, as it was, worked the best. Like I said, I think I could <clears throat> go back to Le Samurai and, and kind of pick up pieces of it and learn yeah. more about it and, and grow to uh, like it a bit more. But for me, I mean, Second Breath got most of my awards, so that, that's where I go. I liked things from all of these movies. Mm-hmm. The planning um, of the heist in Bob the Gambler, the actual heist in Le Circle of Rouge, the grittiness of Second Breath, the coolness of Le Samurai. I just wish one of these movies had all of that. But they don't. Not for me, anyway. I'm not going to do the rubber chicken. <laughs> um, but the movie I liked the most was Le Samurai. Mm. Um, I think it's the most accessible here, too. It's an interesting character study, as Edgar Wright said. Um, the lone warrior samurai, Japanese culture blended with tough guy gangster movies. And it's just a fun, cool, little French hitman movie. I think you could tell anybody to watch this. I don't know if they're going to love it, but I think yeah. they'd be like, yeah, that wasn't bad for a French movie. I think it's a good gateway French yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a good gateway French movie. And that one's tighter, like an hour and a half, so or yeah. whatever. So that's... And then you add in my man crush on Elaine DeLon. Like I said, dude, he's my, he's my... You've had a boner the whole time. He's my French Tashira Mafune, man. And so you you take in all of that. Um, Le Samurai gets best picture of this marathon. So going Le Samurai. Question, how do you rank these? How would I rank them? Like... Yeah, four, three, two, one. Four would be Le Cirque Le Rouge. Uh, three, Three would be Bob the Gambler. Two, two, I, t- I tied. I yeah, tied yeah, them. Yeah. So okay. t- it's two and one would be would be second breath and samurai. But ask me on the day. I don't, you know what I mean? Which okay. one's better? I would go four La Circle of Rouge, three second breath, two Bob the Gambler, and then one La Samurai. Matt, I'd probably go with uh, Nathan's as well. The bottom would be uh, the Red Circle, then Bob the Gambler. I like, I would say actually I do have to admit that Bob the Gambler is the most fun out of these by yeah. far yeah. because of the comedic aspects of it yeah. for sure because of Bob himself uh, but then Bob the Gambler then the second breath and then the samurai I want to see Bob one. the Gambler turn into a western with the that, ending that a little tighter yeah on a riverboat okay. mm-hmm. and not Maverick <laughs> but not Maverick I know what you're yeah. thinking yeah. but not Maverick gritty <laughs> <laughs> yeah not Maverick gritty um, I would go <laughs> Uh, clearly, Le Cirque, Le Cirque Rouge as number four. It's tough because it kind of depends on the day and like yeah, what I'm know. looking for. Because Bob is fun mm-hmm. and it's it's shorter, so it's easier to get through. But dog shit ending. <laughs> but a weird kind of fun kind of dog shit ending. Uh, so probably Bob at three, Le Samurai at two, and for me. Uh, and, and part part of the, the ranking it that way is, is hard for me just because I think the there's a, a big gap between four and three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's, yeah. it's like you say four it's, and then three is Bob, but like it's that's it's yeah. way down mm-hmm. here for Circle Rouge and then Bob is Yeah, it's yeah. third, but there's this mm-hmm. much yes. room. Like you say, like, you, it's like, oh hey, let's watch a fun one. Mm-hmm. It's quick in and out, you know, yeah, I could watch that. Yeah. It's like, but let's watch uh cool one like oh yeah let's do the samurai but let's like watch a flushed out then so it's like it's just yeah those ones are much closer than than Mm -hmm. the circle rouge Mm -hmm. that's just way back there (laughs) all right let's take a break then we will count the golden idols and we will be right back with the results (laughs) 
We are back. Before we crown tonight's Golden Idol winner, Nathan, let's talk about the Facebook poll. The Facebook poll. All right, let's check it out. So I checked out the numbers right before we went live. Lower turnout than we had for the last one. Did we have we, like a thousand we, people? Yeah, Rotten Halloween was a yeah, yeah Rotten Halloween shit. was a record breaker. I yeah, think in terms of uh, almost a thousand. Yeah. Um, and you expect things to be a little bit lower for the French heist yeah, marathon. But honestly, this did pretty uh, well. It it did. From it, what I was uh, thinking, it was going to get. I thought yeah. it would get like fifteen people. <laughs> it, <laughs> it, one. Yeah, I knew it was going to be lower, but it is more than I expected. Yeah. Uh, so in last place. We had uh, Le Deuxième Souffle, the second wins, with 3% of the votes, uh, which was eight people. (laughs) Uh, Second would be uh, Bob Le Flambeur, Bob the Gambler, 11%, 26 people. Okay. The second place, then, is uh, Le Cercle Rouge, the Red Circle, with 29% of the vote, that's 65 people. And the the Samurai ran away with it, 55%. 122 votes. Okay. So that would be... Close to 150, 160. Yeah, it was close to 200. It's about 200. Yeah, we'd be add them all up. Uh, We had a couple quotes from people. Um, There's a lot of people who just wanted different movies to be in it. Uh, (laughs) Jeremy Hartley said, uh, man, they're all good. Throw in Army of Shadows. Uh, George West said, Melville is uh, a huge blind spot for me. I've been meaning to watch this stuff, but I just haven't gotten around to it. Uh, Malcolm Murray said, again, Army of Shadows is my favorite, uh, but of the ones listed, Bob the Flambeur. Movie-talking motherfucker. uh, Thought for a while we were talking about John John Woo. Uh, But but he eventually said, uh, I misread that shit, but now that it's clear, uh, Samurai. Samurai. That's hilarious. Yeah, his fight with you over John Woo was hilarious. Dude, I had some Criterion uh, forum conversations, and I, I kid you not, 20, maybe 30 people said, you have to watch, this is a bullshit list, you have to watch Army of Shadows, which yeah. this is a crime marathon, right. that's a war movie. And I was like, you know what, I, I want to see if this guy can fucking make a good movie. Because <laughs> okay? yeah, yeah. I wasn't a fan of this marathon. And I, I rented Army of Shadows. I almost blind bought it. Because oh, it's 50% yeah? off right now for Criterion movies at Barnes & Noble and, and Amazon. Rented it. it fuck. It's it's Le Cercle Rouge of, of war movies. Mm. Le Cercle Rouge is second place in our mm. poll here. Yeah. It was People my loved it. I love it. We all said worst for yeah. Le Cercle yeah. Rouge. Because it is. Mm. All right. Nate, who won tonight's marathon? At the table. <sighs> Okay, We're well, really very different from the, the poll results. Uh, Red Circle came in last with a grand total of zero votes. <laughs> uh, it had a few votes, but there were a few negatives uh, that ended up goose-egged at the end. Uh, Bob, Bob the Gambler came in second with eight votes, and then there was, in the, we had a little break, there was a, uh, it was a tie there for a while, uh, and then we realized there was a just a little tipping point that gave... Uh, the, the winner, the, the win, right? But uh, Samurai was next with 17 votes and really just based on a technicality almost, mm. uh, Deuxième Souffle, uh, second wind, won 19 points. Got a two-point boost at the end for the best picture. Second mm. win. So that's the movie, so, right? Yep. Mm. Yes. That is our Golden Idol winner. Golden Idol winner. So it's time for the big question. Does second win deserve Pantheon? What is Pantheon. Pantheon is the house of the gods. So if we're talking like 
this is a this is a heist movie. Like, is it among the best heist movies of all time? Yeah. Does it does it deserve to be up there on next to what? Heat? Heat? Yeah, exactly. It's not even Heat. in our pantheon. I mean, but yeah, but it's yeah. not in pantheon, for yeah. example. But that's that might be the first thing. You Reservoir think of. Dogs. Res- yeah. Ocean's Eleven. Ooh, yeah. Ocean's yeah, yeah. Eleven. Does it belong up there with those? Does it? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. you can influence something. Sure. But are you a good movie? Right. You know, that's what right. I'm always going to go back to. Because some people would say, put all these in, in Pantheon because they influenced Scorsese, Kubrick, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Edgar Wright, all these people. So, guys, if we agree that this movie should be kicked mm. up to join the Pantheon, right? If one of us says no tonight, it's done for the night. All right. It doesn't mean it's not Pantheon. It's just the conversation ends for the night. Mm-hmm. Who wants to kick this off? I'll I'll do it. Okay. Okay. Second breath. Is it Pantheon? Second. I like second breath. But if it, let's say if, let's say you I want to I want to take our golden idol winner tonight, and I want to do another heist marathon. And I'm just gonna th- I'm, I'm just I'm just telling you off the top of my head. It gets smoked. Uh, yeah, I'm just, off the top of my head. Reservoir Dogs, uh, Heat, Ocean's Eleven, Italian Job. You know what I mean? Like e- either version. I think you would get fucking destroyed. 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 And I'm not uh, you you Army of the Dead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like uh, that was the new one, right? With uh, that uh, yeah yeah uh, Army of the Dead. Yes, yes. I I think you would get shit on. <laughs> shit on. That's funny. Um. And I'm and again I'm just off the top of my head heist movies. Yeah. I think yeah, it's the it was the best one tonight, but And I wanna say something too, because I think some listeners, especially if you're from the Criterion Forum yeah. and you listen to this podcast, you're like, Well, these uncultured swine, they must yeah. not like classic movies. Like I've always looked at vid- actually the reason I created Video Land was to to kind of make my own film school. Was saying that like we've watched you mm-hmm. know seven eight nine years worth of shit not shit good <laughs> movies and some shit right I think we know our stuff like we love Kurosawa man we mm-hmm. have three Kurosawa movies in Pantheon mm-hmm. Alfred Hitchcock you know um, Spielberg like Scorsese like I think we know our stuff mm-hmm. these did not entertain me man I was wanting a lot more. Casablanca's in oh, yeah. Pantheon. It's, it might Boulevard. be the best movie of all time. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? You know, what are some uh, other black... Yeah, Sunset Boulevard. Sunset, Sunset Boulevard, Boulevard is yeah. in Pantheon. Yojimbo's in there. Exactly. So, yeah. it's, it's not because no. these are French foreign movies. I mean, we eat that shit for breakfast. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, I just want to throw that out there. Right. Matt, yeah. what do you think? I also have to say no. I think I might have appreciated these films a little bit more than some of you. Um, like, I rewatched The Sam- La Samurai and... Um, the second breath twice just to make sure like I fully knew where my idols were going um, which one I liked more um, and I did actually like uh, the second breath quite a bit um, you know it took several of my big awards um, I think it's a really well-made film but you know just like the issues we were talking about at the table it's a little bit too long um, some of it could have been a little more cohesive um more dynamic uh, so it's not pantheon but you should still check it out because i don't think it deserved worse in the like the lowest in this facebook poll so if you check it out maybe you will uh, your opinion will change so. yeah and like i said earlier i like pieces 
from yeah. these movies. You know, mm-hmm. the, the planning of the heist in Bob the Gambler, the actual heist in Le, Le Circle of Rouge, a little long, but, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. The grittiness of Second Breath, um, I think you even agree with me, that's the most Tarantino, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, the coolness of La Samurai, but you, none of these movies have all of that. You need to Frankenstein them. Yep. Them yeah, no shit. You would have, like, the most badass Frankenstein <laughs> yeah. French movie ever, right? Yeah. Um, man, yeah, but like you said, Nathan, you put this movie against, you know, any of the movies you said, it just gets destroyed in every category. Yeah, like categorically, yeah, you would destroyed. get fucking smoked. Yeah. So I'm going to say no to Pantheon as well. Uh, the second breath almost, it, it damn near swept <laughs> my idols. I gave it most of it. Um, but yeah, I can't, I can't kick any of these up to Pantheon. Cause like you said, they're just, there's bits and pieces of each one of them that were enjoyable that I liked, but none of them as a whole blew me away. Um, I would, I probably encourage people if, if you found this intriguing or interesting, maybe check them out. I mean, Bob has aspects that are fun. Uh, Samurai, like you said, really cool, cool character lead. You can kind of tell that it inspires stuff that came after it. And Second Breath has a really cool cast of characters and, and, and fun heist in that. But yeah, I can't. I can't kick anything up. No. I'm still glad yeah. that we did this marathon, mm-hmm. though, because yeah. John, Jean-Pierre Melville, we can check, check that box. You yep. know, we mm-hmm. we know what this guy was about. Mm-hmm. You know, um, wasn't uh, wasn't for me. But uh, are you glad that we did this marathon? Yeah, it's it's one of those things we talked about for years and years, and it's good to finally check it off. Yeah, be done. With I want to know yeah. what the heist movie is, though. That should be in Pantheon. Yeah, honestly, this has me wanting to watch heist movies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like you know, we put together we put together something next year. Yeah, maybe we maybe we put together a Ocean's heist Eleven. Movie. Yeah, fun heist. Heat, yeah. You know, the town. Town would be another you know, good one. Put yep. those motherfuckers in there. Yeah. Dog Day Afternoon. Yeah, and you know, I'm curious, what is the Pantheon heist movie? So, you know, I'm asking that question after this. Yeah. Are you glad you watched this month? Yeah, I had a lot of, uh, quite a lot of fun with this. I mean, very interesting movies and made for a inter- very interesting conversation. So I'm glad we had it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like like uh, Nathan said earlier, um, off mic, I, I probably had more fun talking about these than I did watching them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but that's fine too, you know. Uh, that's kind of why you do some of this stuff anyway, is you expand your horizons, try yeah, new things, check them out and... And it's fun to talk about them and, and uh, kind of, yeah, see where this stuff lands, if it holds up for us or not. And that's just us. Um, like you said, there's plenty of black and white old stuff that we love. So it's yeah. nothing, you know, it's not like we don't like it. It's just this stuff didn't quite work for us. Didn't tickle my sphincter. Didn't tickle your sphincter. Nope. Nope. All right. Any other comments, Nate? I don't think so. Not, not good. Marsh? Nope. All right. Where can Videoland find you? You just find me on the Facebook that's about it. Uh, I I can approve posts now. <laughs> he has the power. I have the power, so don't post no weird shit. <laughs> no porno. Uh, you can find me on the Adventures in Video Land Facebook group and on Twitter and Instagram. I'm traveling Matt seventy seven. Frenchpenis.com. There you go. <laughs> uh, you can find me in the Facebook group. Uh, and Instagram, Focus Jones. All right, you can find me on uh, Facebook as Brad McBoom. You can also find me on Instagram and the website. You've been listening to Criticism at its Finest Hour. Until next time, my good people. Peace out.
Bonsoir. Bonsoir. Pinos. Pinos. <laughs> uh, <coughs> I was trying to end it on a good French note there. And Pinos. Pinos. <laughs>